0: All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Way of the Truth Wire. My name is David Whitehead. I'm so happy to be here with you. I have you no idea? I'm very excited for this interview. Um, I'm going to give people just about 10 seconds to jump in. I'm also trying to stream onto my Telegram channel at the same time. We'll see if that works. I don't know. It's all new. But either way, hope you guys are well. We are live on the foxhole. We are live on Rockfin, DLive, Twitch. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome one and all. Welcome to those who are on board with Dr. Artis' theory and those who have a lot of questions and those who are doubting it. I welcome all of you. We are here to investigate together and try to learn about the truth and save lives. That is the goal. That is all we're here to do. And I, uh, just for those of you who might be jumping in for the first time to this show, I have been working very hard on a documentary series called Cult of the Medics, And I've been looking at the ancient occult origins to the medical industrial complex, big pharma, the symbolism, the etymology, the history, getting into the deep church, the Vatican, the whole thing, the cult of Mithras and the whole thing. And uh, Lo and behold, I started watching some interviews with Dr. Artis, who I've been following for the last two years. Um, He's brought forward some really, really big bombshells, and I got to say, I really like the man's energy. I love the, uh, I just love that. He's always got a positive energy about him and he's very knowledgeable about what he's talking about, in my opinion. And he's brought a lot of information forward that I think a lot of people haven't even looked at. And I don't know, I'm not an expert on met on these things. So I'm going to leave it up to the scientists. And I was always waiting for some more heavyweight guys to come in and start, you know, telling what, saying what they thought. But I started to think, well, why is there such a knee-jerk reaction to this idea that there may be a snake venom element to this COVID thing? And it might be even bigger than we originally thought. And what's wrong with exploring that? I'm seeing it's very interesting that people are just closing the door right away, as they've done to so many different subjects. And as many people who were on sort of the mainstream side were doing to our side about COVID, the masking, the vaccines the freedom angle, the whole thing. And I thought, well, why are we doing that to Dr. Artis without hearing him out? Because um, I think that there's some very interesting things. So I'm not an expert on the medical side. I'll let you guys decide. And I want to see your questions and comments in the chats. But what I do know a little bit about is the symbolism, the cult side of things, uh, who we're dealing with at the top, the fact that it is indeed an ancient serpent cult. um, And I just thought, wow, that That's just, it's too coincidental that now he's coming out with this incredible idea, and I think we should explore it. And I also invite you to go and check out the show I just released a couple days ago with my good friend Josh Reed over at the Red Pill Project. We did a three-hour deep dive into the symbolism and the history of the ancient serpent cults, and that was right after Josh had interviewed Dr. Artis, and it was that interview. I was cutting my lawn yesterday, and I had my, my headphones on, and I'm cutting the lawn just going through, and I'm listening to this interview And then Dr. Artis dropped some bombshells about the Club of Rome and all of this. And I went, oh, my God, I have to talk to this guy. So thank you, Josh, for hooking this up. Thank you, Christina, for helping me hook this up. And let me go ahead and bring the man in. There he is, Dr. Brian Artis. A pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining me, brother.
1: It's great to be here, buddy. Thank you for the invite. I'm glad you were listening while cutting in the grass.
0: (laughs) I was. And I have got the soundproof headphones. So my lawnmower did not drown what you were saying out. And I actually stopped the lawnmower, pulled out my phone and started making notes right away. And then I don't worry, I finished cutting the grass. But um, where to begin? I've got a lot of people jumping in and everybody's excited. Maybe tell me how you're doing right now. I mean, you've been doing interviews probably every second of every day. You're still researching. You dropped a major bombshell. It turned the whole world upside down. But I like that kind of stuff. Uh, whether it ends up being fully true or not, I think it's healthy that we go, hey, have we ever thought of this angle? I mean, if we were detectives and we saw a dead body, I might walk up and see some things and then you might walk up and see some things. And then we go, yeah, that's it. I never thought it might've been the butler. I never thought maybe it was the, maybe it was the chef or something. So I think it's good that we think about this in a different way because there are so many anomalies with this thing. I've been covering covid from day one, I knew I knew who we were dealing with the, with the World Health Organization and all these people. I knew there was already these plans for these types of great resets or world government systems. And I thought, how interesting they chose this time to start pushing this agenda. So I already knew something was up. And I had seen so much of these interviews. I had uh, Dr. David Martin on, Dr. Kerry Miday, Del Bigtree, uh, Dr. Judy Mikevitz just came on. And I know you speak and work with a lot of these people as well. What's the current situation with the feedback from some of your colleagues? And the second part of that would be how how are things? Are you getting attacked? Are you getting lots of love and support? Is it a mixed bag? Uh, give us an update as to how you're doing, man.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. So, yes, there was a bombshell that we dropped, obviously, and the ripples are being experienced. But I have to say, it was very aware internally, threat to the narrative of many who have come to accept some re- reality of what COVID 19 might be uh after two years of talking about it nonstop, researching it nonstop. stop uh, so i knew this was going to be a threat to the narrative however i do have to say and give applause there is more love and support that have been sent to me and my way than angst uh betrayal they feel like uh or ugliness so that's been that's been the great part because it's been a very emotional roller coaster, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I actually knew and thought I'd probably be canceled, even by. I have like a ton of speaking engagements where we're trying to rally for freedom around the country, and I'm participating in events with Ryan Cole, Pierre Corey, uh, Peter McCullough. I mean, I'm I've been on these things for two years now, and I had this weekend. I had an event scheduled to go to four cities in a row starting Thursday with Ryan Cole and others, Judy Mikovits, even who actually supports me was texting me the next morning. So excited about my discoveries really? that she can't wait to, she actually told me she can't wait to set some people straight next week, which is exciting. She was excited to see me in Florida to participate. Guess what? I just found out last night. I've been removed from the tour that's been planned for months. Uh, multiple mm. medical doctors were saying they th- that they worry, I can't believe this was their worry, that they worry that their reputations will be hurt by being seen on stage with me. And I'm like, your reputation is what you're worried about? I thought you were upset about murder. I thought you were upset about corruption. I didn't know you were worried about your reputation, but that's actually what they're saying. And that's weird. I mean, that's totally weird. You don't think I was worried about my reputation with coming th- with coming this to light? Like, you don't think I was worried about my reputation, how people were going to see me. It doesn't, the, the, it, this whole thing is not about our reputation. It's never been that for me. You murdered my father-in-law in a hospital in February of 2020, and I've been pissed ever since. So this is more of like vengeance for me to protect as many innocent lives as possible, regardless of the cost. I don't care if it's my reputation. I don't care if you take my life. Uh, we're, there are people being murdered, and that is not okay. And your rights, your liberties are being stripped from you. I need people that are bold and not bought off to join me. I mean, I'm always going to show up as long as I'm invited. I'll show up, but it's weird. So it's been it's been a kind of an emotional roller coaster at the same time. I was dismissed from there. There's an incredible doctor that I've known of and only shook hands with once. I mean, like six months ago. After he saw my interview, I'll just give you an example. This is kind of like what my life has been like the last week. It is Monday, right? Yep, it's been one week since the fallout, so. since yeah, the explosion, <laughs> since the nuclear warhead went off. The uh, Right after this guy saw my interview on Tuesday night, he was told to watch it. He couldn't watch it on Monday night. Somebody told him to watch it Monday night, but he couldn't watch it live. So he saw it on Tuesday. On Monday night, while Stu Peters released his little documentary, uh, he was actually filming with a bunch of other medical doctors putting together a plan for a medical academy conference he's holding next month. And they had actually titled the actual protocol for treatment, gave it a specific name and they worked out all the protocols. The very next day he's watching my (laughs) Stu Peters thing. And he was shocked at what I said and so excited. And then the very next hour after he watches it, somebody has to cancel from the conference and this guy, starts calling people around the country trying to get my phone number. And he starts blowing up my phone where I'm like panicking on Tuesday from the reveal and the fallout, what's coming. I didn't know. It was pretty scary for me anyway. Uh, This guy, Dr. Rashid Buttar, if you know who he is, he he calls over and over and over and over. And I answer after all these interviews I was in and I said, hi, Dr. Buttar, how are you? And he goes, oh, my God, it's a God thing. And I said, what's the God thing? Somebody just dropped out of my conference and I need you to be there. Can you come on Memorial Day weekend? And I was like, holy crap, for real? I thought I was gonna be kicked out of everything. This is really how I thought, I was like, oh my God, I was ready to be dismissed from everything. Thank God there's one guy who who wants me. Anyway, that's how I felt. So so when I say it's a roller coaster, it's been a roller coaster. But Dr. Buttar goes, "I, I have to share with you just how much of a God thing this is. When I watched your Stu Peters thing, I realized you were right. About the venom. I didn't even know how right you were, but the night before when your Stu Peters thing dropped, I was in a meeting with medical doctors that were going to be attending this conference and they were outlining all the things they want to address with every new coming COVID variant because they know this isn't going away. And they had titled their protocol. After they got done reviewing all of it and coming to an agreement, they actually titled it Treating COVID 19 Like an Acute Rattlesnake Bite
0: no way and this was before they all even knew about your whole thesis yeah, they,
1: they had no idea they had no idea it was the night beat that was the night the Stu peters released they were filming it putting it together getting ready to identify and we'll put it all together in a pdf and now they're going to present it at this conference and the very next day there's this guy going uh, y'all are looking in the wrong place the weapon is a venom and y'all need to treat it like such and it was just this really cool moment for me that He recognized the God timing uh, when it's been so weird to watch people worried about their reputation. It's this weird, like, dichotomy. I actually told a few people. I told Mike Adams, and I told Stu Peters, and I told my wife, and I told Dr. Richard Bartlett. I said, uh, when I released this, and they all knew beforehand, and, and Dr. Richard Bartlett knew I was right and knew that God gave it to me. Richard Bartlett's the one who sent me the text that said, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go get anti-venom? And it set me off on this weird quest that it felt like God was showing me. And Richard Bartlett has been very supportive ever since. Even if he doesn't agree with the water scenario, he knows it's a venom and he knows I'm right about that. And that was all I wanted to get across. Y'all are looking at the wrong target. Look at the weapon. Here it is. Well, all those people I told them, you're about to find out when I release this info on the world. We're going to find out who is on the side 100% of saving lives. And that's their only mission. And who is not. You're going to see it. And man, have we seen it? That's (laughs) Uh, incredible. Have we seen it?
0: Well, one thing that pops to my mind, as you're saying, these guys are all worried about their reputations. I'm like, well, you've already become a medical heretic from the cult of the medics by coming out and calling out the government and the CDC, WHO, NIH.
1: Yeah, you weren't worried about uh, the scam,
0: you weren't worried about that. So why is this but now yeah. they're like worried cuz obviously they've all gotten quite popular for coming out against it and we're glad they did, right? I but need for, them. Still. Yeah, we yeah. and they and what's interesting is what you're saying is that the protocols that they laid out thinking it was a respiratory virus and we can get into the nuts and bolts of it, but just the way I understand it, thinking that it was, you know, what they were told, that that actually also works for the snake venom angle so you're not asking them to change really too much of their original protocol you're saying dr pierre cory and all these guys were right and were dr right. Zevzlenko and, and many others um it's just they're having trouble getting around the the snake venom thing and the water thing and i think that this is why i tell people don't even just watch the short documentary go watch the interviews because that's where you start to roll out a lot of this documentation and then the show I- the
1: Mike Adams three chapters version
0: the three chapters I agree I There's agree
1: three chapters and I went through every document in chronological order as my narrative was being discovered so the right. old discovery discoveries laid out in three and a half four hours divided in three chapters at brighton.tv and medical doctors have called me and said the Stu Peters thing was just sensationalized too emotional for me too theoretical but oh my god your Mike Adams thing when you went one document after another for three and a half hours, he's like, I don't know how you come to any other conclusion either. Like it becomes so obvious. Uh, the wow. obviousness is the weapon. It's not the delivery. It's the weapon, regardless of what the, uh, I just have to say it, whatever the, whatever the weapon delivery system is, I don't care if they put two snake venom peptides on a coronavirus and they called that gain of function and they released it into the wild, into the air, or if they just put the peptides of snake venom, and other venoms in your water and you drink it. There is a way to get snake venom past your gastric juices and into your body. It's already proven. They know how to do it. They just had a huge worldwide announcement on Wednesday, two days after my release. A UK huge venom tech company, actually called Venom Tech, said they are now announcing to the world that they can make venom peptides wrapped in nanoparticles and be used in a water delivery system. Um, Wow. Uh, uh, how, how about the God timing with that one?
0: There's a lot of timing about it. And this is why I'm wondering, cause I felt, I felt called during this whole thing. There was this feeling that I had that people need to start learning about the, the symbolism, the deeper, the history and all of that of, of how I looked at the whole structure. I mean, my reading of it is you you're looking at your Anthony Fauci's and your world health organizations or, or whatever, But, you know, when we look at the history of where our entire medical system came from and you start with the symbols themselves, by the way, which just so happened to be all serpentine uh, or, you know, the uh, bowl of Hygieia, the mortal pestle mixing these things together. And then you go in and I was doing a section, uh, I think it was in chapter six. I'll send it to you after to get your thoughts. But we did a thing on the or the the ancient side of biological warfare that this isn't something new this is and actually snake venom that's what i covered it's the oldest yeah it's the oldest form of, of of um and i'll put some links i have one from ancient origins where they talk about how snake venom was used in ancient greece and also before but ancient greece they focus on for both biological and psychological warfare so they'd already noticed that snake venom had these types of effects and I was even bringing up things like, you know, the oh, ritual we have.
1: Not, oh, and you should clarify. It's not just that they're scary. That's not the psychological warfare. The actual venom has psychological impacts on you physically and mentally.
0: Right, yes. And I would love, you should talk whatever you want about that. I was just saying that, um, you know, even the, the ritual of cheersing somebody, or cheers, cheers. That, that's, how, that's how the kings would greet each other. And they would spill bits of each other's wine into each other's cups so they know they're not getting poisoned by snake venom because that was obviously a popular thing back in the day. You poison the king and take the throne, right? And um, and just you know, you just think about it. And the fact when you showed the Italy study, my mind went, okay, we can't just sit back and go, oh, it's just crazy. Oh, you got it right there. It's not just crazy if this exists. Have you had anybody? So this says toxin-like peptides in plasma, urine, and feces samples of COVID nineteen patients. And this is version two, peer-reviewed, two, wow. So this just, maybe you can explain just in detail for people that haven't seen this study.
1: Oh man, I've had people I've loved and respected for the last two years want to get on Zoom calls and just rip my heart out, literally cussing me out, chewing me out, and and I'll let them do it. And I'll go like this, thank you, and I name them. And then I go, next, thank you, and then I name them. And then I I did, I thank them all for everything they've ever done for the last two years to help me save lives. And then after they were done, like 20 people on the call, I'd go like this. So now that you're done, have any of you ever seen this study? And I just held it there. And they all went like this. No, I've never seen that study. I said, and you were all just chewing me out like that? That's weird. Okay, so let me explain to you what's in this study. I'm going to read you the results off the front page of this Italy study that was peer reviewed and published October of 2021. And your audience should know that this is proof of what I'm talking about. And this this actual study the samples and all the testing and the research was submitted for review by peer review to be published all of it was submitted by June of 2020 so this isn't like post vaccine era this is June 2020 before the vaccines ever came out they took 20 covid-19 patients who PCR tested positive for covid-19 and had symptoms from multiple cities in italy and they took as it says in the title blood urine and poop from all of them and then they took 10 people from multiple italy cities and they did the same thing who did not test positive for sars cov2 with the covid 19 test pcr and they looked at their blood urine and poop Uh, and i'm going to read it to you the results and then i'm going to show you the results toxin-like peptides almost identical to toxic components of venoms from animals like conotoxins, which are these venomous snails called cono snails in the ocean. Also, phospholipases, which is an enzyme that was originally ever discovered in king cobra venom. Phosphodiesterases, which is a substance in venom glands of snakes that actually splices open genetic material zinc metal protein kinases also found in venom bradykinins were identified in the samples from all the covid 19 patients and not one in the control groups now i'm going to show you the list okay sure this is the list there's actually four pages of every animal toxin they found in the blood urine and poop samples but i'm going to zoom in on some of these ready so you can see it especially the first page because the scientists in january of 2020 and in april of 2020 in the french study when they evaluated the spike protein of sars-cov-2 they said it had two neurotoxins that were most identical the spike proteins genetics was most identical to two neurotoxins found in the venom of the chinese crate snake and the chinese king cobra that's what they said not me that's what they said now imagine my surprise two weeks ago when i found this study i want you to look at the number one listed the very first toxin found in the blood poop and urine of all the patients this is the column of the animal's venom look mayan crate banded crate these are all venomous vipers chinese cobra you see spitting cobra I was spitting Cobra inside of a COVID-19 patient. Coastal Taipan. Right. It even goes better. Eastern Brown Snake. It keeps going, by the way. Let me just show your audience so they see them. It keeps going.
0: Well, Brian, they went to a sushi restaurant and they ate some King Cobra or something. They drank, they did the toast. They did the shots, the King Cobra shots you do when you go to Vegas on those underground clubs or something. It must have Maybe been. Maybe
1: that. that's what they did.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I I mean it's, that,
1: that is something the haters are gonna to have to come up with to apologize away that I was right. Okay, here we go. And I wasn't the only one that, right, these researchers found it. Eastern brown snake was also found in these people. A water snake, a jiraka, which is actually a viper, some, I don't even know, oscillated saw scaled viper venom, Korean slamo, I don't even know what that says some snake, Chinese water moccasin, more king cobra at the bottom. And let me show you the weirdest one, okay? Just say so you know, out of 36 animal venom toxins, they found 20 that came from venomous snakes. Okay. Only in the COVID 19 patients. None of these were in the negative COVID 19 patients. But and honestly, that's
0: important. Just, just before I just want to make sure we highlight that for people. So just basic. Okay. The not study was one yes. in the non COVID patients. Okay. Now I was saying, that's, like, that's insane. Okay. Now tell me how this got
1: inside. How did this get end up inside of the poop, urine, and pee? Of COVID nineteen patients, read this one. Do You
0: see that crown of thorns starfish, California something. No, I read it. That's yeah. what it is. It's the
1: starfish. crown of thorns starfish venom. How how did that get in him?
0: How, crown how of thorns? Him? Isn't that Corona? The sun rays? Yeah, I don't it don't sounds know. like it, symbolically. Right? Sorry, I saw my mind works.
1: Yeah, my issue is is uh, how did that starfish venom end up in COVID-19 patients on land? I'd like to know. And then how did they get the other 15 remaining ones are all California cone snail, cono snails, Cat cona snails, Yellow Pacific cone snails. These are all marine venomous snails who they have known since 1989 they can make in factories around the world and it's just as biologically dangerous and deadly as the real stuff it's called conotoxin. it's more deadly than King Cobra venom and they found 15 of them
0: look at this so Brian is this in all of those people that were positive combination combination.
1: animal venoms were found in these people they're weaponizing whatever the weapon whatever the delivery system it's either in water air or food this is how they're poisoning all of us They're using multiple venoms from snakes and poisonous venomous shellfish to poison you. And they're all neurotoxins that suppress nicotinic receptors in your brain to be able to control your diaphragm. And you can't breathe like every COVID patient. (gasps) And then their oxygen levels drop. That's what these poisons do, these venoms. That's what they all do. They're paralyzing their prey so they can eat them. That's what they do. They're doing it to you.
0: So the effects of getting bit or having this somehow put into you, this venom will mirror respiratory virus. Cause it's really
1: all of it's the an neurotox- attack
0: on the nervous, the nerve. Yeah.
1: All the neurotoxins cause respiratory paralysis. You can't so when breathe. they put them
0: on ventilators, yeah. that's just making it worse. That's why everybody's dying in the hospital. Well, and also the remdesivir connection. Maybe you can Look, say something. They
1: may need to go on a ventilator cause they can't breathe. They're being paralyzed, right? right. They're right. being paralyzed. Uh, what was amazing was, I needed to find out everything I could. I went through this in the Mike Adams interview. I said, imagine my shock. I just wanted to know, is it has it ever been reported that if people got venom in their mouth and spit it out? Venom? Right? You know, there's village people in India, medicine men and women. They actually, if their village people get it bit by a snake or a cobra, they literally will cut it open and suck it out and then spit it out. Imagine my surprise that there are reports since 2011 where medicine village people will cut open the snake bite of cobra victims in their village, suck it out, spit it out, and they never got bit. And within two hours, they lost their taste of smell and taste. And then within an hour or two, ended up in respiratory failure and on a vent, and they never got bit. It just went in their mouth. Imagine if we're drinking it. It's not impossible. In fact, it gets more plausible to me that, that that could be a possible way they're doing it. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. I just happen to be the only one that said it.
0: But that's what's good. Okay, so this is why, and there's so many points, guys. When you get into this, it's just there's so much. And I'll bet, I know you had said, Dr. Artist, that you've got even boatloads more. And I'm super curious for your slideshow presentation you were talking about where you've got like over 450 slides of the media indicating stuff. snakes. Can you just tell people what you got coming with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. so as I was trying to prepare all these documents, I just have to tell you, one of the first things that became apparent, I couldn't believe it. The sheer amount of snakes in the media, in in, in mass media, the controlled media, there is snakes in every weekly publication every week for the last two years. And I'm not even kidding. It's almost insane. It got kind of funny and hilarious as if they're just making sure everybody knows what they're doing. Snakes, 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 snakes. Everything is related to snakes. In fact, check out this article. Can I just show you this? Because sure. what what have you been told is the likeliest source for this novel coronavirus? Tell me the animal.
0: Well, it's the thing missing from that study result, which is uh, bats from wet markets from some soup or something. That notice, there's,
1: of- This is a fun, really funny. You picked up on that. I usually say it myself. Notice there's no bat stuff in the COVID-19 patients, no bat venom, no bat peptides, only snakes and venomous snails. And snakes were suggested to be the original source. Imagine my shock. Okay. Imagine my shock. Okay. Did you know, this is one of the things in the media, When I have to say this, it was shocking to see this Italy study. It's amazing. I mean, that's proof, right? That's amazing. But this this publication was the most obvious to me. Like they're throwing it in your face and you don't even see it. I'm serious. Watch this. The British, and Mike Adams couldn't believe it. When I put it up, Stu Peters never saw this. We didn't even talk about it. But when I put it up on the screen with Mike Adams, he was like, oh, my God, what? I mean, okay. I'm going to show this to you. Last summer, the British Medical Journal Global News published an article and said there's two crises going on at the same time right now COVID 19 and something else. And so it says there's two crises that are occurring at the same time as the pandemic. One is the pandemic, one is another thing worldwide. It's a crisis. Two crises that have the same one singular research and development and therapeutic opportunity. One. Ready? Want to guess what it is?
0: No effing way. And this is British Medical Journal?
1: Uh, Yeah. You can see its logo. Oh,
0: it's it's just I can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, sorry, you can't see his number, there you go. Uh, there How we go.
0: That? Yeah, it says snake bites in COVID 19, two crises, one research and development opportunity. That second part says everything, doesn't it? Because they're basically saying we've got these two crises happening. I don't I guess there's like a big um pandemic of snakes running around. It's snakes in the planes. It's the snakes in the planes, Brian. They keep <laughs> saying in all the media that there's record snake bites
1: throughout the pandemic, even here in Texas. There's a 40% increase all of a sudden annually. And last year, 2021, during the pandemic for COVID-19, during COVID-19, I thought we were on lockdown. And I've never even heard. I live in Texas, but Mm. it's in here. I've never even heard of a person getting bit by a snake in Texas. Mike Adam lives in Texas. He lives out in the country. I asked him, have you heard of any snake bites in Texas? No. I said, they're throwing it in your faces. It's the same thing. It actually says. I'm going to read this sentence. The very first one from the summary right here. It says, despite inherent differences. Yeah, you want to know what the difference is? One, you actually get bit by a snake. The other one, you don't. So despite inherent differences, snake bite envenoming and, and COVID-19 have much in common in terms of research and development challenges and opportunities for therapeutics. Really? really did wow. you know? Did you know? Did you know, buddy? That snake bites and COVID nineteen had a bunch in common. Did you know that?
0: Look, I, this came out of field for me. I had been looking at this like everybody else, and when you even said snake venom, just that, I went, "Wait a minute!" Like, the, it, it wasn't <laughs> bats. That's how they fooled everybody. That's how like, it kind of just. I'm not an expert, but I'm like logically, if you want to, if because everybody would ask me when I was talking about how this is a pandemic and it's fake statistics and it's fraud and they're just trying to. Uh, they were all like, oh, come on, they, how could they do that? How could they deceive the entire medical community? And I went, well, it's pretty easy, number one, because it's a compartmentalized structure. But number two, one way would be to throw everybody off where they're thinking they're dealing with a respiratory virus that came from bats. But really, it's a weaponized toxin coming from snake venom. So nobody knew what to look for. And now nobody, none of these doctors know how to treat. That's why they're all, I get nurses and doctors messaging me all the time. They're like, it's so bizarre. We didn't know how to treat, and it seemed like all of our treatments were making it worse. And we didn't. And and that's why a lot of these nurses started walking off the job because they were just like, "This is not. We're not helping people. We're killing people." And one way to do that would be that you're not. They don't know that they need to just treat snake venom. If they knew to treat snake venom, <laughs> probably wouldn't even had a have pandemic.
1: All, yeah, they all know in ER centers around the world how to treat snake bites. If they would have ever told you this was from snakes, they would have known how to fix it and handle it. So they had to fact check everyone away from these bat, or sorry, snake sources articles around the world that were flying, even on CNN. CNN even published in January 2020 that snakes were the most likely source for the coronavirus outbreak. In fact, they even said in the article, it's more most likely two snakes, the Chinese crate and the Chinese king cobra. Isn't that funny? CNN said it. And then so they, fact-
0: di- they said those snakes, those particular ones. Yeah.
1: They actually listed in <laughs> CNN Health in January of 2020. And then these fact checkers come in and start spinning it off. No, don't look at snakes. No, look at bats. In fact, there was this one article from a, from a magazine. You can look it up. It's called SciTech Daily. They actually were calling Corona snake pneumonia because of the sources of snake being found. And then this one article goes, no, no, at the same time, right? Like the next day, no, comma, snakes are not the source of COVID-19. And in the article, it actually reads all the research that's being done on it. And it actually says in the article, it is for sure the source is not bats, it's snakes. But the title reads, no, this is just the way that the media was trying to deflect people away without thinking they would look in the actual articles. Well, if you read the articles, it actually told you the same thing. I have all of those slides. I have over... 500 now that line up all the chronological I'm not kidding it goes January wow. February March April May 20 all through 2020 till now all the snake stuff related to covid every single week just about there's references to snake snake venoms anti venom being a cure for covid-19 I'm not kidding like it's in every week and in every medical publication and no one was seeing it like it was hidden in plain sight like for real like when I've woke up sometimes and I'm actually on the floor looking for my glasses and then I realize I'm wearing them. You know, it, it, It's right in my face and I didn't even see it. I had no idea.
0: Wow. And just kind of from my take on how I think this is, I think these people at the top, okay, and not everybody at the lower level of this totem pole, but the people at the top, I believe them to be very, very deeply involved in the world of the occult. And they have their own sort of religion and their own way of looking at things. I don't think the Vatican is anything close to what people think it is. Um, That's sort of another rabbit hole. But just in my thinking, one element that a lot of researchers in this area have brought up is that uh, within some of these occult circles, part of the ritual nature of the entire thing is that you have to disclose what you're doing. And then also send out the counter signal because it's part of the psychological warfare of the cognitive dissonance. And at the same time, they have maybe a belief in some kind of karmic law that they've got to tell us what they're doing. That's why they write it on the Georgia Guidestones and leave it there, and nobody ever goes to tear those down. Uh, Yet it's right in your face. And there's so many other examples. But to me, right out of the gate, I just said, guys, like before dismissing this, these people speak through Hollywood, through the music industry, through the media through their, their government officials, etc., by the way of symbolism. They speak it. It's undeniable. It's right in your face. I mean, just go look at the logos for all the movie production companies that you watch. It's all ancient symbolism. Go look at the symbols all over your cars. They're all ancient astrological symbols. Go look at the symbols of the medical system, bro, like AMA. Look, what's the symbol of the AMA? What's the symbol of the World Health Organization? What's the symbol of all of these things? It's a snake and not even one snake, Brian. Look at that staff, the Hermes staff. It's the two snakes, right? And it's just like, it's right there. And so I went, okay, just from that, I might not know all the other stuff, but I know that. And I know these people and how they think because I've studied them. And this is what they do. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be something here. Now that you're rolling out all this science, and I know you've got more coming, and I can't wait to see it. Um how about we do this real quick in this section before we get into that symbolism? because I just want to do good journalistic diligence here. I found a couple videos on YouTube that were' trying to do debunking Dr. Artists, it's incredible, this crazy snake venom. So these are the detractor questions, okay? And I feel like I've watched uh, your side of this enough to even know the answers to this, but I want you to take it on, okay? because people will probably even throw them in the comments. And I just want we need to do this. We need to look at it critically. So real quick. One argument they will say is, well, venom and poison work in two different ways. Venom must be injected via a bite or a sting of some kind, and poison must be ingested. Right?
1: Well, that's a great point. So what I didn't even realize, and I'm going to tell you right now, pharmaceutical companies have already figured out how to do this. (laughs) And And it was very easy to dispel this. Ah, uh, this notion that you can't swallow anything venom-related that could then get into your body to be a toxin or a envenomation. Right. There's a company called Merck. For 30 years, they've been making a high blood pressure drug that that is actually called an ACE inhibitor. It's called Lisinopril. 11 million Americans right now every morning are waking up and taking this dry pill, putting it in their mouth and swallowing it, and it goes through their stomach. Gets in their intestines, gets absorbed into their bloodstream, and then it starts to lower their blood pressure. And it's made from snake venom. They have figured out how to take snake venom and actually get it past your GI tract so it'll get into your bloodstream and have the same effect it would have if you got bit. There's a company called Genentech. I asked David Martin about a company called Genentech. I was like, "Uh, Dr. Martin, right the day before I flew to go see Stu for this interview, I said, David Martin, what do you know about Genentech? And he goes, he didn't know what else to ask him for. I just want to know. And he goes, it's the most evil company on the planet. Imagine my surprise that I already knew this. I already figured out how evil they were. But the symbolism was right up this alley of this narrative. Gene Intech right now has seven patented drugs. And those drugs are to actually treat cancer, half of which are oral pills. And they're all made from snake venom. How do they get it past your gut? and into your bowels and into your bloodstream. I'm not the chemist. You're all swallowing snake venom in some pills. There's like 30 drugs right now that people are taking daily that are made from snake venom peptides. How are they getting them into your bloodstream? You should go ask them. They figured it out already. You just drink it, you swallow it. That's not true. The effects of venoms, which can be either increasing blood clots, decreasing blood clots, increasing blood pressure, dropping blood pressure, increasing the speed of a tumor to grow and other venoms suppress the tumor's ability to grow i'm actually convinced they're just using snake venoms from multiple sources which have the opposite effect to cause disease inside of us and then using their snake derived solutions as therapeutic drugs to switch it off i think they're manipulating a lot of our systems just using snake venoms you can either swallow them inject them this notion that you can't swallow snake venom and get it into your body is is totally, is totally false.
0: Yeah, because people are thinking about it on the basic level of, well, I saw Steve Irwin Look, somebody take some actually, snake venom and put it on, my, on his tongue, and he was fine. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but we're dealing with experienced apothecaries. Go look oh. up that term. These people oh. know how to target things like you wouldn't believe, and they've known it since the Middle Ages, bro.
1: Yeah, just know there's that company called Venom Tech that just announced. They just announced on Wednesday, two days after my reveal, that they now mass manufacture snake venom peptides and they have nanotechnology that allows it to be delivered through water when you drink it. And drug companies can use it. It'll go right past your gut and get these snake venom peptides into your bloodstream. Don't ask me how they do it. I'm a chiropractor. Go ask the chemist. They have figured out how to do it. And then they tell you in the media, we can do it. Really? Well, the, all of you on YouTube who are like watching a cobra get milked in a cup and then the guy's drinking it and he's like, I'm fine. Did you watch how long he was fine for? I mean, I don't know. Th- th- did you follow him for the next like 48 hours? I don't know. But and that
0: snake venom are- wasn't processed at all. It wasn't with all the things that they do with the nanotech no, and the, all have- the other things. Listen, yeah.
1: listen, for decades, they have actually been taking snake venom mRNA, wrapping it in nanoparticle hydrogel. And then sticking what are called Dynabeads to it that are super magnets that allow it to get through your gut barrier and into all of your tissues, and they've been doing it for years. And it actually explains the magnetism you saw. Remember that crazy thing? All, right, all people those people—they're right?
0: sticking stuff to them. Yeah, yeah.
1: They we're all trying to figure out where that came from. It only came from one place. The people that made these shots, Drew Weissman and Cataline Carrico at the University of Pennsylvania, have been using a technology in their snake venom gene editing research that's been funded by anthony fauci for since 2009 they've been using this substance called dyna beads with the snake venom components in their research to do gene therapy and dyna beads are made by a company called thermo fisher scientific it's so weird to me that no one else in the world figured this out all you had to do was look at the people who made this stuff If anyone would have looked at Drew Weissman and Catalina Carrico and typed in magnets, and those two guys who are credited with these shots, who everybody's like, where is this magnetism coming from? In their 2009 studies, in 2011 and 12, they were using Dynabeads. They're called supermagnets. It explains where it came from. And these scientists, these researchers, have been using snake venom. They use this substance called snake venom phosphodiesterase to cleave your genes, to get mRNA inside your DNA and make a new hybrid genetic code. They use snake venom to do that. I show you all the research.
0: I, I, and I, that's the thing. I, I believe you, man. I, I, I would it's not crazy. put anything past these people. And after the conversations I've had with people like Dr. Mikevitz, who spoke about the gain of function process and what her work was, and then David Martin with his thing with the patents and, and all of that, um and Fauci I mean Fauci kind of looks like a snake to be honest with you
1: and I'll just tell you I know I'm not right about everything it's so exciting to go like this y'all are looking at the wrong thing go look at venom and then I get this barrage of some people that are just pissed at me like what the hell's wrong with you and then the same time I couldn't believe that Dr. Judy Mikovits was texting me the first morning after the Stu Peters thing came up and she goes Dr. Artis the next time we're on stage together, I've already got slides prepared. We're gonna back you up, and I was like, "What? <laughs> well, that's great. Wow. Okay, good." And the truth is, I already told Judy in private at an event uh, in San Antonio. I said, "I need to talk to you about something." At the beginning of January, I said, "There's something I need to ask you. Can we go into a room by ourselves?" And we did. And I said, "Judy, uh, when you were asked in the pandemic," film by mickey willis you were asked why would people release a gain of function weapon that everybody would get and then why would they force everybody to get a vaccines or even themselves except to get the vaccines why would they do that if it was dangerous and her answer was that's because they would have never done this without the antidote and mickey willis goes well what's the antidote do they do you know what it is and she goes yes i've always known what it is i've known it since the 70s it's called Suramin. Imagine my surprise as I'm going down this independent research looking stuff to the connections of COVID and snake venom all by myself. And when I started to look at what are published known antidotes to snake venom poisoning, Suramin comes up on the NIH's website as a known, there's a, read the study. It's actually titled 100 years of Suramin, S-U-R-A-M-I-N. When you look at it, the very first area where they're talking about this drug made by Bayer, the corporation Bayer, it's called Suramin. that has been around for a hundred years. It is known to be anti-parasitic. And then it goes on to explain how they've done research on it, that it is very anti-parasitic and successful to kill parasites, but that its symptoms and side effects were so rough that in the eighties and nineties, the NIH now recommends ivermectin instead of Suramin. The very next, the very next paragraph, it states, and it's the only one that it states, it calls sermon as an antidote. Now, remember, Mickey Willis asked her, what's the antidote? Now, if you go up to the top, go back up to the top of that article. Nope, go up to the top. You will see where there's a bunch of numbers where it says DOI, blah, 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 and blue. You see that? Yeah. DOI, uh, click on it. I click it. Oh. That, that, that what you just saw was just a summary. If you click any of those numbered links, it takes you to the whole article. You should be able to find it with any of those numbered links. But there's a section. Yeah, keep going. Go up. I'll show you this. It's amazing. Keep going. Keep going. Look right here. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. So this first area, it says Sermon as an anti-parasitic drug. Now scroll down to the final, like right there. Say that. And then it says in here that, uh,
0: I could read it if it's too hard there. Suramin had been in use for river blindness caused by the filarial parasite. I can't pronounce it. It acts both as a micro filari and uh, to a greater extent on adult worms. However, Suramin was subsequently replaced by the less toxic and orally bioavailable ivermectin. Okay, stop,
1: stop, stop, stop. When I, when I say stuff, I'm not making it up. I mean, I basically just off from memory, just told you, about this whole study. The first section where they talk about sermon as a successful antiparasitic, they found that ivermectin was actually better orally and less toxic with side effects. So that was interesting. But when I did my search, I was looking for antidotes to snake venom. Now, on this article, slide up to the next section. Yep, keep going. Okay. And now they list it as an antiviral agent. That's weird. What are they calling this? A virus. Okay, keep going. The next section. Now, it fight's cancer. Next section. This is like a miracle drug. All right, keep going. Now, right here, this this is the only section titled Sermon as an Antidote. Imagine my surprise when all you read in here is that it's protective against these crazy enzymes that kill you from snake bites.
0: Yeah, look at this. Several vipers possess toxins that mimic thrombin, perfidiously triggered the coagulation cascade in mammalian blood, and serumin cerimon- not only inhibits thrombin itself, but also the thrombin-like proteases of snake venom. <laughs>
1: what? Okay, so I just want you to know that I pulled her aside because this is the only The only section on this research paper where they actually call it an antidote and they go into its protective nature against snake venom poisoning as i call it and other people want to correct me i pulled her aside and i said how did you know it was an antidote and she goes because we've always known about it's viral aspect and i went like this but judy the source of covid these geneticists found that it actually is tied more closely to snakes than a bat coronavirus I said and on and on the research papers of sermon it says that sermon is an antidote to almost all of the toxic effects of snake venom I said do you know anything about the snake venom sermon connection because I've never heard another human on the planet even say serumen, and you knew it and she said No, I don't know anything about the venom. Now, the truth is, she really does. And she's got a whole bunch of slides that the tour I just was kicked off of because some people were worried about their reputation. Judy Mikovits is going there. And she's about to put up the slides where she did gain-of-function testing with viruses and used snake venom to do it. She's going to show you all. That's awesome. (laughs) From the 70s and 80s. And now, and it's very interesting. I'm like, oh my God, you, it's so funny that you medical doctors are going to get pissed at me. But, but Judy, I think Judy was prepared because I've seen her twice since then. And she's like, I owe you those sermon papers. I, I've been digging them up and getting them since the seventies and eighties. And I was like, that's great. Well, I didn't talk anymore about me bringing it out. But as soon as she saw it, she's like, I, she said, I knew that you needed some backup and I've got the backup. And I was like, okay, great. Thank, thanks for having my back, Judy. I love these people who are brave enough to say, you may not know everything. In fact, she told me there, yesterday, we had an hour and a half long phone call. She's telling me what, how to communicate when I'm up on stages next time about venom, like like the people are going to get it in the scientific way. When Judy talks, I told her, I said, Judy, after an hour and a half, I said, I, I would get smoked by you and scrabble. I don't
0: even know most of this. These- <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's just got such a lexicon, eh?
1: She's got everything. And, and she said, Doc, there's just, and in the middle of a rambling and, and just talking, she goes, And doc there there is something i have a problem with when you start talking about the venom uh you you just blatantly put out there that people need to be on zinc and copper and there's a way to make sure they know how to use that correctly and then she just kept going but she wasn't like and what was odd is i was thinking she was going to say something like uh don't say this about venom no she was just talking about the antidotes or the fixes and i was like that's your problem rock and roll we're on the right path and i'm not saying i know all the answers i'm saying i need people to plug in the holes I need the snake venom experts to come out and finally go, but come out from behind their non disclosure agreements. You guys have no idea how massive I have confirmation that the snake venom research and drug manufacturing from snake venoms is bigger and more powerful than the pharmaceutical industry. They are massive. Yes. I mean, they are massive. And every snake venom expert that they have isolating snake venom peptides to try to make drug therapies and whatever, blah, blah, they're underneath non-disclosure agreements. I promise you all the snake venom experts in the world who are threatened by their loss of work in the future haven't come out during COVID and went like this. I'm really sorry, but it's not a virus that's killing y'all. It's snake venom. We've figured out how to weaponize snake venom. And uh, I'm not the only one that knows. And I'm not.
0: <laughs> well, that's incredible, uh, man. And they should. Guys, we could save lives. Like, f- Forget about reputations. Who cares? And even if some of it's wrong, who cares? We're trying to find the truth here. Can you guys grow up and grow a spine? The one reason I love that it's you, Dr. Artist, and I'm going to say this, is um, one of the books that I, well, first of all, <laughs> everybody needs to go catch up on some Eustace Mullins and read Murder by Injection and learn the history of the American Medical Association. And then we also got to check out a book, by Dr. Robert Mendelson, He was the one that first woke me up to how much pharma is actually a cult. He calls it a cult himself. Um, And the medical heretic thing, a lot of doctors, I mean, well, doctors are trained by the pharmaceutical industry. They're trained in these universities, and there's a whole whole doctrine, doctor-in, that they are given. And uh, they are very much in the box. Even these doctors that are coming out and have seen that the COVID stuff the government was doing was a lie. So that keeps them in the box. So sometimes when you're in the box so much, you can't see out of it. Even if you are well-meaning and you've got some great points to make and you've done a great service, this is not to insult any doctors out there. But come on, guys. You guys are all in the same club. You're trained the same way. And if you have everybody trained the same way, you're all going to see the same results. It's a bias that's built into science, which shouldn't be there. Um, and one of the biggest complaints from all these doctors that I've spoken to has been the fact that when they're saying trust the science, nobody's even doing science because they won't even hear their critiques out like a Dr. Robert Malone or a Peter McCullough who come from within their own system. So in a, it's actually a, to me, I like the fact that it's someone that comes from outside of that system. Cause one of the, one of the critiques would be, Oh, well, Dr. Artis is a chiropractor. well, I love chiropractors. I've known many, I've spoken to many. They're the smartest, some of the smartest people I've met. They know way more about the physiology of the body than doctors do. And, uh, I've seen miracles happen. They've helped me with my scoliosis, my dot, my kids and everything. And, um, and so I went, well, this is somebody coming from outside of the cult. That's going to have what a fresh perspective on the matter that it would take someone like you to say, Hey guys, have we ever thought about snakes? And then let everybody freak out. But eventually these guys are going to have to sort of deprogram themselves to come back to. And I'm just talking about just to even consider it. Like, I think we've got enough evidence here to at least establish some reasonable doubt in the fact that it's not state venom. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, so I, ahead. Ahead. I actually have thought many times that uh, there's no way I probably would have come to this conclusion if I wasn't a
0: chiropractor.
1: Like, thank God. I wasn't in a medical school for four years and then went to some specialty school for four years, which is what I was planning on doing, except I didn't. And I've learned a lot since then. So let me uh, read something to you I thought was awesome. Okay. Sure. All right. So I just want you to know, this is the chiropractor getting a text like an hour ago before I got on the show. Ready? I get off the show and this is what I see. I just want you to know that this is what some people in our movement are saying. She calls herself Dr. Obvious and it got forwarded to me. She didn't send it to me. People found it and then sent it to me as she was posting it. Dr. Obvious said, the one most important statement that has been said for a long time, semicolon, all in caps, Brian Artis broke the spell of vaccines are good, in quotation marks. I have a brother who lives in Alberta and every Saturday he goes downtown in Fort McMurray to walk in the trenches, as he calls it, he told me that people come up to him and told him that there's snake venom in these shots. This is before what I said. My brother was very happy that there was more than him that knew of one of the poisons that are in these death shots. This will help break the spell for people not to go blindly in that lineup for the next death shot. If you're fighting a war, Why would you fight for the other side? All those people doing this research to disprove Dr. Brian Artis are working for the enemy. The companies who make these deadly injections are the ones who have to prove to us what is in those shots. You never show your hand in a poker game. These demons had that in their plan right from the get-go. They knew this would go this way. That question would have come up and that leader would have said to not worry those same people who resist us will work against themselves. There are many ways to poison people, not just the water. And then she says this. You can make snake venom as an aerosol. Put it in a can or have it sprayed from a plane. There's many ways. We know that they are in the patterns of these shots by Dr. Love's research. And then get this. We also know that remdesivir also has the peptides of these snake venoms. In the end, what we are trying to do is stop people from getting any more shots and help people to detox themselves. We need to stay positive and not to do the job of these psychopaths. Kathleen is her name. And I just got that a little bit ago, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just incredible that there are some people who can actually see. If you're fighting against us, you're you're working for them. Uh, You need to stay in the same In the same mode, which has been nonstop, to stop the onslaught of these injections. They are not safe. Her brother in Canada has told, people have told him that there's venom in the shots. I was on Israeli news the day after my show. I told you about the German scientist telling the woman in January. Did I tell you this?
0: The German scientist. Uh, Go again, just in case. We've talked about so much. I'm
1: on a podcast the very next night. This couple was so enthralled and excited about my my watch the water stupiders thing. They actually called my producer to get me on this Israeli news podcast. And I went on the next night and amidst all the other ones. And in the, in the very beginning, she goes, do you want to know why we asked you to come on here? Because when you brought up that the venom is probably in these shots and everybody needs to go look at it. If you look at it, you'll find it. She said a German scientist who's a dear friend drove to their home in January of this year, just three months ago. And said, "You too. I love you. You cannot get these COVID nineteen shots. I have high level clearance in the government. I have been told and been made aware there are two snake venoms in the COVID nineteen shots. No way. And she couldn't wait to get me on. And so we just talked about it in the whole show. And then wow. it, yeah, it, it was pretty phenomenal. So it's been it's it's weird to see this. They're excited that somebody." who's got any presence at all in the media, who's been fighting for life and humanity, has had the gall and then the inspiration that was given to him to go look at this and figured it out because other people have been whispering their worries and I didn't know that they existed. I thought I was alone on an island only to find out the day I flew to see Stu Peters, I was printing out some articles from my email and found that someone had posted last summer in a group text. I never even saw it. There's a guy named Dr. Tal Braun who actually works in U.S. counterterrorism. And he posted in a group with all of us doctors. If you name a doctor in this movement, they're all in the group. I'm in it. He had posted in June an email and he said, all of you are looking for the wrong thing. This isn't a respiratory virus. It's actually envenomation. It's venom. And then he posted in the group. I couldn't believe it. He posted in the group. A letter he sent to the FBI dated 6-22-21. His job for the last two decades, he is contracted to train FBI agents and CIA agents in preventing mass killings. That's his job. He went to the FBI director, who he works with for decades, sent him this letter and said, I need you to look at this. This is not a respiratory virus. It is envenomation. I have the research and documents to prove it. The guy who spends his time preventing mass killings and specializes in bioweaponry. He posted this letter from the FBI to the group in my email. Never even knew he existed. Guy was shocked that he heard from me. All I did was call him and I said, hey, man, I don't know who you are, but uh, I never heard of you. But I just want to know. I just found an FBI letter in my old emails. Did the FBI ever respond to your letter about thinking this is envenomation and not a virus? And he goes, Dr. Artist, I can't even believe I've heard from you. I've been shown from everybody else. You're the first one to even reach back out since June. He was kicked out of the group by somebody in the group who said, we don't want to look at this. It's, a, it's wow. like the number one doctor in our movement. Seriously, just deleted him. Like, don't, don't bring that here. He said he has been so hurt and so angry That he was kicked out and shunned by the people who are now shunning me dr tau braun is his name i said did you ever get a response and his response was yes i got a response shortly after it said they forwarded it to another department at the fbi and their answer was received period thank you period and then he got nothing else so he decided he told his u.s counterterrorism buddies that he he was so shaken that the FBI ignored him, his contract group that he works with, that he decided he was going to go public on his own. And his friends told him, you're going to have to enter witness protection before you do that, Tao. If the FBI is ignoring you, there's a reason. You're not going to be safe. So he got scared and he just went silent until I called him. And this guy has been an amazing resource for me. He actually told me, there's some miracle in the fact that you figured this out on your own. God must have told you because he was the only one looking at it. He's like, I don't know why you. He, he thought it was going to be him, but everybody ignored him. And I, and I actually told him, I said, I think maybe God knew that I was being trusted by enough people. And I was articulating in a way to enough people that I was earning their trust to then him go like this. Now go and tell the world, like maybe some will listen and not all will shun you. And that's really been what's happened. But he told me, he goes, this is a God thing because what I've been most concerned about is the mRNA vaccines, which are snake venom, he said. They are. They're envenomating everyone around the world. Five billion people have snake venom inside of them right now. This is what he said. He goes, and the next thing they're going to do, he said this in in a text. You should interview him and talk to him. He goes, please, I'll do it. He goes, I can go online right now. This is I could not believe it because I never thought it He goes, Dr. Artist. I can go on the, online right now, and I can buy aerosolized King Cobra venom that I can just spray in a can. And this is what's going to happen next. What people don't understand is they have venom being produced in their body. They're calling it a spike protein. You're actually creating snake venom in every cell of your body, and it's ripping throughout your body. And then what they're going to do is they're going to take these aerosolized versions of Cobra venom which this other doctor, Obvious, named Kathleen, I just read the thing. She just said they can drop venom from the air from an airplane or in a spray can. I don't know how she knows that. I've only heard this from this other guy. He said the killing and the die-off for the vaccinated hasn't even started yet. What's going to happen is they're going to start going into subway trains and airplanes, and they're going to start spraying King Cobra venom. And when you inhale it and you already have venom in your body, You know this thing you keep keep hearing about called antibody-dependent enhancement? Yeah. He said what's going to happen, he said I can already show you and prove it to you. They're going to weaponize aerosolized venom. And when they spray it in the air and the vaccinated only, breathe it in, it's going to have a reaction with the other venoms in their body, and it's going to start turning their lungs into cartilage called fibrosis, and they're going to die. This is how they're going to do it. They're going to weaponize, aerosolized cobra venom and other viper venom. And they're just going to spray it in subways and in hotels and motels and airplanes. And this is how they're going to kill them. All of them that have gotten the shots are going to die from lung tissue fibrosis. If it's cartilage, you can't breathe, you die. You, you have to have lung transplants to survive it. And he said, this is how the killing field's going to start. So in his mind, he believes that God gave it to me in preparation to protect those who have already been envenomated with the shots. If you can't tell how just just how monumentally heavy this is to me, it's equally as heavy to him, except he's been furious for like eight months because no one would talk to him. And they just dismissed him. And anyway, it's very scary. The fact, the the real reason why I pushed this out and nobody who told me they could get them for me, I wanted the shots tested. I wanted rimdesivir tested for these snake venom peptides. I think they're in there. Look at the side effects. They're all snake envenomation, all of them, from the side effects of the shots. It's in there.
0: And have you had that other doctor's contact? You must have had other doctors and nurses contacting you saying, oh my God, this makes sense. Have you had that? Yes,
1: tons of them. I, I get more of that. Oh my God. we This answers all the questions about the actual side effects. You know who I'm most shocked by? I haven't heard from Dr. Ryan Cole. I said this is going to actually solve the riddle of every slide he's ever looked at under a microscope and went like this. I've never seen a virus do this before. We're seeing massive amounts of metastatic cancer. There's what's called nerve growth factor that's actually created by King Cobra venom. It was discovered in 1956. That person that found it, his name is Stanley Cohen. He won a Nobel Prize for discovering this nerve growth factor in snake venom that can actually cause like the acceleration of nerve cancers cells. He won a Nobel Prize for this. He also started a company in 1976. Guess what it's called? GeneNTech. And GeneNTech and Gene and specializes mm-hmm. in making venomized medicines for cancer
0: and that's the one just so people can connect it that's the company that you mentioned earlier that dr david martin said was the most evil company in the world
1: he said it's the most evil company in the world you can look them up their actual website i don't know how they afford it i, I guess i know how they afforded it it's gene.com i mean how many four letter real word dot coms are there G-E-N-E.com. that's gene Intech. and they have a direct connection they're partners with the Welcome Trust Fund of the World Economic Forum. They're actually no biz- they're actually business partners with Gilead Sciences that makes Remdesivir. Yeah, it's disgusting.
0: Here, these bastards are. Health inequities are the symptoms. Racism is the dis. And of course, they've got all the woke stuff right all over their page. Hey, eh? look at all this! All over it. Health yeah. equity and diversity and in STEM innovation making the community an integral partner in research oh my god and this what's is evil.
1: And what's amazing is gene and tech who has a business relationship with gilead sciences who makes from desivere the welcome trust fund if you don't know what that is i find it amazing that last year on the same exact day the welcome trust fund invited both gene and tech and gilead sciences into the welcome trust fund which is amazing yeah. And the, Roche actually, group,
0: the Roche group. Just go get into that. That's another rabbit hole there. That's people. why I
1: called David Martin before I flew. Yeah. I said, David Martin, on your list of people that need to be held accountable and prosecuted, you actually list a guy from Holland de Roche and his name is Andre Hoffman. And you said, he's the vice chairman of Roche. And I said, in my head, I was like, why are you picking the vice chairman? Why aren't you picking the chairman? <laughs> it was just a weird thought. So I just called him on my phone. I was like, David Martin. Um, you have on your list. He was driving. He's like, "Hi, Doc." I said, uh, "What's this? What's this Andre Hoffman guy with Hollanday Roche?" Yeah, I'm on your list of suspects that need to be prosecuted. Why don't you have the chairman of that company? And he goes, "Oh, Doc, good question. Uh, Andre Hoffman, or on on Andrew Hoffman, whatever his name is. He's the vice chairman of Roche, but he is the financier for the entire pandemic. He runs all the money of the pandemic." And I was like, okay, I have a question though about him. And he goes, what's that? And I said, this is how it came up. I said, it says here that he's on the governing board of a company called Genentech. And he goes, most evil company in the world. And I said, okay, great. It also says that he's a member of the Club of Rome. What do you know about that? Because I don't know. Oh yeah, this
0: is where, okay. (laughs) Just pause for a sec. Okay, so this was what blew my mind while I was cutting my lawn, okay? You said it, because this was where that God thing was happening with me, I believe. And many others that contributed to help me even think about this, okay? Which was, I have been working with a a guy named Michael Tessarian, He's from Ireland. He's been a researcher and author for many years, writing about these secret societies, the history, et cetera. He told me in an interview in 2019, before the pandemic, we we did an interview on like secret societies and the Vatican and all these papal orders and equestrian orders and whatnot. And he told me, as soon as he saw the talk about the pandemic, he goes, yeah, well, World Health Organization, Bill Gates, everybody knows about these people. He goes, how about the Club of Rome? You ever heard of these guys? And then he pointed me back, right, well, not a lot of people have, and uh, they're not located in Rome, by the way. It's just part of their, they're hinting at what cult they're from. I'll tell you in a sec. Well, you already know, but, um, and so then he goes, all right, so Club of Rome, Do you remember Dr. John Coleman, the guy that wrote the book, The Committee of 300? He came out and I feature this in chapter one of Cult of the Medics, a little bit of a speech that he gave in like 1994 or something. And he was, a this guy was a literal, like a detective, an insider. He found out basically a lot of inside information about where the sustainable development uh, global uh, climate crisis stuff was going to go. And that it was all done through this book that was called Population Growth that was financed by the Club of Rome. And if you go to the Club of Rome website, it's nothing but, it sounds exactly like Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. And what Michael Desarian had said, he goes, well, the Club of Rome was founded and built by the Knights of Malta, which just so happened to be listed as the military, to this day, they're the military order of the Vatican on their own site. What is the symbol of the Knights of Malta, do you ask? Well, it's the Amalfi cross, which is the same cross you're going to see all over the medical symbolism. They run, they are the progenitors of the medical industrial complex and the pharmaceutical industry. They absorbed the wealth of the Templars and many of the Templars after the church uh, banned them and did all that stuff. Um, They were kicked out of numerous countries. They were basically a medieval spy network and they found, they, they acquired so much wealth, Brian, so much wealth. That it would blow everybody's mind, these Amalfi merchants and all these people. I don't want to do the whole history, but I want to tell you that when this is what started triggering me while you started talking about David Martin saying, Oh, you've heard the Club of Rome? Okay, that's my segue. Can you tell the story of what David Martin said about it? Cause that blowed my mind.
1: Yeah, David Martin goes on to tell. I said, Do you know about the Club of Rome? What is this thing? I never even saw it until I just looked up Andrew Hoffman's name, and it just has at the bottom. A member of the club of rome because i've actually said for months i believe this entire pandemic all roads lead to rome i've just said it yeah. now david martin corrects me when i said i'm interested about this club of rome thing he goes well, what do you know about And i said well i've actually said many times i believe the pandemic all roads lead to rome and he goes like this well dr Ars, it's not a it's not physically in rome it's just a idea of rome the club of rome he goes uh, they're all around the world. It's usually the top 100. It's usually like hundred members of the wealthiest people. And he goes, "I can tell you all about it because I was invited to be a member years ago." He said, and "I can tell you about the founders. The original founders were the one that invited me." He goes, "But they had this weird. They worship this weird ancient pagan mystery mysticism like religion that I couldn't get into, and it's called Mithraism." And I said, "I've never even heard of that." And he goes. He goes, yeah, we'll go check it out. They worship this pagan ancient religion that's like really the basis for all Greek mythology, Christianity, all kinds of crap. And I was like, what? And while he's talking and he's, and he's just yapping, I just typed in, what is Mithraism? And it brings up Wikipedia. And I'm not kidding, all in my brain that I never told David Martin was, there's always this connection to snakes. So I don't know anything about Mithraism, but I pull up the Wikipedia page and I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then it gets to a list of constellations built into this religion. And, and I just wanted to know, is there any that have a snake name? Well, they have the Hydra and the Serpents and the Dracos constellation. You would know more than me. I don't know anything about it. All I did was go like this. That's weird. I want to pick the Dracos one. And it pulls it up. And the Dracos one actually doesn't look like a dragon at all. It just looks like the, a snake. It's got a head of stars and a tail of stars. And I was like... Oh, that's weird. If these Club of Rome people are in charge of this COVID nineteen thing, I hung up the phone with David, told him thank you, and I I did something. I didn't mean to find this. I was just curious. I typed in every published variant of COVID nineteen, and I couldn't believe they're all the stars in the Draco's constellation. And I was like, what? There's an Omicron star in the Dracos constellation. There's a Mu star in the constellation, Alpha, Delta, Gamma. It was the weirdest, like, I, I have to tell you what my thought was. I couldn't believe David knew this. David Martin is either the most connected person in the whole world, like knows everything about everything. I'm not kidding, everything about everything. He's been in my home. We've had conversations. And I can't believe the things that come out of his mouth. He is brilliant. Or he's like controlling the whole world. (laughs) Like That's how I feel. I'm like, David Martin, did you turn me in and tell Zev Zelenko that that now I'm on a hit list? Was it you? Because this was the only other person I talked to before I got on the hit list. But when I looked at all this, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I was like, how did he know this stuff? I didn't know any of this stuff. So, yes, I'm glad you knew about it because I didn't know anything about it.
0: That is incredible. I've got to get – i've got to get david back on or maybe i get both you guys or something we could talk because that'd be great to pick his brain i've had him on in the past i even featured him in cult of the medics and um just take guys i just pulled up that wikipedia page without even getting yet to the constellations he's talking about um (laughs) just look at the symbolism here we've got the drawing of this mithraic symbol of the lion with the two serpents and the serpent is wrapping around this god deity and then also you have another version of it with the head of a lion here wrapped up in the serpent. So the serpent symbolism, of course, is all over the place. And I just wanted to read you something, Brian, just to show you that there is uh where there's smoke, there's always fire. Um, <laughs> there's an article that uh, I should let everybody know. If you go to, uh, actually, let me just pull this up just to show the credit here. So this is my colleague and friend, Michael Tassarian. Go to michaeltsarian.com. Actually, no, this is uh I'll put the links for everybody, but this is Irish Origi- origins of He's got a book or a, an article called Atonism and the Cult of Mithras. Okay. It's basically a book, so you got to read through it. Your mind will be blown if you want to know about the uh, the symbolism. The man is a, a stark genius on this stuff. But let me just read a couple, two quotes from it, or three quotes. They're very short. So a Mithraic dictum, an old Mithraic dictum says, Thou hast saved us by shedding the eternal blood. So there's this whole blood ritual thing within the Vatican centers. We all know about it. Then here's this. This is great. This is from Zenith Harris Merrill and it's called, his book is called Roman Catholicism. So he was a historian on Roman Catholicism and he says, the Vatican resides on the formal, former temple site of the Roman sun god Mithras. So the Vatican is actually laying on top of that Roman cult, okay? And they still wear the same symbols. You got into the mitre and the fish hat and all that. But here's one more. This is from a book called The Secret Society of Moses. It says the supreme head of the Mithraic organization was called the Pater, Partum, or Pope. And he resided in Rome in the Vatican grotto. So this was like they basically just supplanted and changed the decorations and the terminologies and maybe some of the costumes a little bit of Mithraism when they created that version of the Vatican and that kind of uh, order. And so that's to separate anybody's personal faith or belief. We're talking about the institution and the people that will often gather to an organization like that and then use it as a way to hide behind the light, just like the medics do to say, Hey, you're sick. You need all, you need us we're the good guys, right? But then you end up sicker than when you went in. It's the same thing. So I just wanted to show you those little notes to say, hey, if you ever want to get into some of that symbolic historical research on just you know whatever, whatever's going on here, it'll blow your mind. So when you said David Martin was talking about that, oh my God, there's so much to it.
1: Yeah, what jumped out of it When you were reading those quotes, was the word shedding? It's just the weirdest thing. Like, no (laughs) no
0: kidding. Oh my God. Never in history
1: have these vaccines ever been alluded to shedding, like ever. And I'm like, shedding, snakes shed. Isn't that weird? They're just thrown out there. Then you just put that out about methorism. I'm like, the shedding of blood. Like, oh, you guys are crazy.
0: You guys are amazing. Amazing. Um, And there's so much on that. Well, let me just. You've already decimated all the other points. I'm just going to read them off real quick, and whatever your favorite one, if you have any points, go ahead. These are the detractor notes. They're saying, okay, well, it can't be snake venom infection. People have had to get injected with it. We've already done that. They probably are also. Uh, COVID mainly affects the elderly, doesn't really affect children. So if it was a general envenomation of the public, we we would see the same fatality and symptoms universally across the population.
1: No, you wouldn't and I'm gonna tell you why. If you actually look, children on average, compared to all adults, have a much higher level of a naturally produced hormone called melatonin. Now y'all go have fun, and go do your own research on what melatonin does to snake venom, and you'll be blown away.
0: (laughs) Amazing, that makes sense to me. Uh, COVID is contagious, snake venom isn't contagious.
1: Who said it was contagious? How do you know it's contagious? If it's in the water, you're all drinking the same water in the house. Your health dictates whether you get it or not. So you don't don't even know this. You guys have no idea how nefarious this is. They're actually, since 2000 and, no, sorry, since 1975, they have known that in snake venom, there are 19 individual venom-specific toxins, they call them, 19. Look, 19? It's called COVID-19. It was found in 1975 that they knew there was 19 organ-specific venoms in the glands of a snake and then in 2005 it was reconfirmed by dr brian fry in australia that yes there's 19 and then it got published again january 2020 a huge study for years was done to map out the gene toxins in king cobra venom and they published it january 2020 i go through it in my notes they found another Again, 19 venom specific toxins. What they are doing and have figured out that they can do. Did I talk about the CIA heart attack gun yet?
0: No, but I've heard about it, but go ahead.
1: Okay, okay. They have figured out that they can isolate each of these 19 peptides inside of venom glands of vipers and cobras. Each one of them targets a specific organ. And if that body or person has diabetes, For example you guys don't get this they're actually targeting diabetics the most and they have these snake venom peptides that they are putting out in water or air or on a virus that directly kill the pancreas of diabetics and they will swing in hyper insulin and low insulin i mean in every hour it'll swing with these venoms it's what it does it destroys pancreatic cells one after another and it goes like this high insulin drop blood glucose to nothing, and then in the next hour it will switch, and they will fluctuate in and out of a coma and heart attack and strokes. This is what they're doing. They're not using all of the venom. They're just using organ-targeting venoms, and they're going after diabetics. They're going after heart failure patients. They're going after kidney disease patients, neurological patients, and lung disease patients. And you mentioned- So it's
0: eugenics. They're trying to get rid of the weak first. Oh, the it is, it's, the week.
1: it's a massive eugenics program. Massive. In fact, in America, they're not targeting whites the most. They're not even targeting blacks and Hispanics the most. I've already done this with my audiences. Every week for every state from the beginning of the pandemic, there's one race that dies 90% of the time is at the highest level percentage wise for their population dies in America more than any other. Do you know who it is? It's Native Americans. No do you way. know if you just do a search, just type in, type in your internet. What race has the highest percentage of diabetes in America? I was shocked the other day when I did this. Not really shocked, but I actually have said for the last few months, even with before the snake venom stuff, that they're figuring out a way to target Native Americans. I guarantee you they're poisoning them targeting them and then they're actually going in with the vaccines to kill them because they are the largest percentage population by race that has diabetes it is actually native americans and eskimos they are the largest
0: let me read this for everybody in the u.s scientists have found different rates of diabetes among people of different races pacific islanders and american indians have the highest rates of diabetes among the five racial groups counted in the u.s census Diabetes is also more common among African-Americans and Asian-Americans compared to whites.
1: It is by far Native Americans are dying more than any other. And then the second highest percentage by race is blacks and Hispanics. It reads just like this. You you don't understand how evil this is. In fact, you should get into this. Two days ago, there's a filmmaker stayed here for three days. Uh, He wanted to come talk about this stuff and then do some filming. We did two and a half hours yesterday. He actually, I did not know anything about this. He goes, Doctor Artis, you know when you were talking about venoms, I was like, oh no, this is gonna be a problem. He's gonna, he's screwing up. He goes, but when you said venom poisoning, he goes, it made me think about something I learned about ten years ago. Y'all should look this up. It's insane. There is what was called a CIA heart attack gun that was c- created in the seventies. It was a classified weapon. And they've got these videos. Jonathan Otto showed me. They had a congressional hearing to have the CIA declassify for them about this secret weapon. It's called the heart attack gun. In 1975, you can watch the videos. Look at what it says, read the description. The heart attack gun fired a dart made of frozen shellfish toxin that would enter the target's bloodstream and kill them in mere minutes without leaving a trace. This is one of the venoms they found in COVID-19 patients. These people developed a gun. They could shoot ice in this little bitty dart that was microscopic. It would go into the body of the person, and then the body's core temperature would melt the ice. And the the poison from this shellfish causes a heart attack in the victim in three minutes or less. When I – listen – I'm talking about their envenomating people around the world, whether by air, water, or sea, I don't care, or food. The CIA did it with frozen water. They had a dart gun that ran with electricity. It didn't even fire a bullet with gunpowder. They had an electric battery and could propel a dart at a target. It, would, it was so thin and frozen. What I told Jonathan Otto was, I was like, holy crap, they've been using animal venom? to kill people and isolating the one peptide from their complex venoms. Like I told you, the King Cobra has 19 of them. They took from this shellfish, they figured out one, and then they figured out how to put it in water. And then they froze it into a dart, small enough that, it describes it in there, it's small enough that when it pierces the person, they don't even know they got pierced. And within three minutes they drop dead. And when they go get an autopsy, No one can find evidence of the toxin. Wow. This was 50 years ago, man. You don't think they figured out better ways to make this happen? Okay, two things. Two things that were very cool for me. They were shooting ice. This is frozen water. I said, I think they're doing it in water. The bat lady said, we just cut it up in ice and delivered it to communities. You guys think I'm crazy? The CIA was shooting ice from a gun. I looked at Jonathan and I went like this. I can't believe they've been doing this for 50 years, but you know what the weirdest thing in my mind logically is? How do you propel a thin piece of ice where it doesn't shatter when it comes out of the gun? Like how did they figure that out? And it works. Like how did they do that? Even Jonathan goes, what if they're just walking around with these dark guns and shooting us and we don't even know it? Like how do you know? That was 50
0: years ago they were doing this Crack. Well, e- even just to say, maybe they're not, sh- I, I, I don't know, but e- e- they know about it. They know how to do this shit. That's all that matters. They did. They, they research how to kill you with ice particles. Look, Dr. Artis, you're saying this about the CIA. We're talking about cults. Look at this book I'm holding up right now. The CIA, CIA and the cult of intelligence. That's Victor awesome. Marchetti. Do you First know what's book the to part? be censored. First I book I to be censored.
1: To I haven't read that book, but I want to tell you something. Uh, Everyone needs to watch. You you talked about Hollywood earlier where they project these narratives in it. Y'all need to go watch The Blacklist. I just saw it like five weeks ago, and I was like, what? Season four, episode 15 is the whole thing I'm telling you. And I already came up with this idea that it must be snake venom, and I think they're drinking it. Well, in 2016, the fourth season of Blacklist was filmed. Episode 15 was aired in february of 2017 it was in 2017 three years before the pandemic the whole corona he actually says corona of death in the episode the main character he has an a respiratory illness he's been poisoned he drank a drink and the fbi actually says we figured out towards the end of the show we figured out how this guy is poisoning the main character he took peptides from the venom of the crate snake, and it targets specific organs, people who have pre-existing conditions. And they're like, well, what does Raymond Reddington have, the main character? And they said, we're gonna have to find out. Well, he had a lung cancer issue. And this is why they put drops of it in his drink, and he drank it. You're drinking this stuff. They actually tell you and show you in the show.
0: It's it's just- And they always tell you. Hollywood always tells you. And what's really creepy is that there was a warning. And that's amazing. What's really creepy is they gave a warning in this book. He goes this. So this is Victor Marchetti, Cult of Intelligence. So we need to know who these people are. Oh, first of all, just, you know, what's the symbol there with the CIA? Is that the sun and the eagle and the shield talking about chivalric orders and stuff? Okay. So next one would be, he goes, there exists in our world today, a powerful and dangerous secret cult. Okay. Okay. Its holy men are the clandestine professionals of the Central Intelligence Agency. The cult is patronized and protected by the highest level government officials in the world. Its membership is composed of those in power, centers of government, industry, commerce, finance, and labor. It manipulates individuals in areas of important public influence, including the academic world and the mass media, fake news. The secret cult is a global fraternity of a political aristocracy whose purpose is to further the political policies of persons or agencies unknown. I'm just telling you guys that there's a whole universe of research a lot of people haven't even looked into that's behind a lot of what you're saying that everybody's going to go, oh, it's anecdotal, it's coincidental. But I don't know, Dr. Artis, I'm not a coincidence theorist. I don't know about you, man. I Look at this.
1: So watch this, okay? Blacklist on NBC. Just check this out. I remember like a week later, I was like, there's so much symbolism in this. I have to look back at what the episode was and the season. I want you to add up the two numbers, season four, episode 15. It's 19. They're actually telling you what's going to happen. (laughs) It's going to happen. It's going to be called COVID-19. It's going to come out in the year 2019. I mean, they're telling you. It's right in front of your face. I actually was – Curious after I saw it in this show that I'd never seen before until I already figured this out. I was just excited. I was like, oh, my God, here's more evidence. We know they project information in the media from CIA. So I went like this. I wonder. That night I went like this. And you should type it in. CIA and Corona. Do you know about the Corona project from the 50s and 60s by the CIA? They have a
0: whole. I mean it. No way. No way. They Hold have on, a let me get this.
1: whole surveillance in the sky project where they were going to survey Russia looking for nuclear weapons with satellites in the sky they called corona cameras satellites and they ran this for like 12 years and when Russia found out Russia was like we're gonna do our own spying project up in space with our own satellites and they called it Sputnik now America started this. They call, It's been declassified since now. Y'all should go read about it.
0: Here we go. I got it. Here, this is it. Let me bring it. So, oh my God, Corona satellite. Are you kidding me? I did not know this. Okay. Yeah, this yeah, is the Corona this. program. You're
1: gonna yeah, you're going to love it. So program they had these oh, cameras called Corona that were going to be spy satellites over the earth. And, and you have to understand this is really quite funny go to the cia's website later and you'll actually get even more information about this and what you find out from this okay this is crazy america created this corona surveillance project with satellites in the sky working with kodak to make cameras that could look down at russia from space and they called all of these camera systems and satellites coronas this is the first time coronas ever come up in fact this is just prior to coronavirus being identified at guess where, in the late '60s, during the period of the Corona Project, the coronavirus was discovered in 1968 or '69 at Yale University. They called it the New Haven coronavirus. Yale, Yale, skull and bones. Yale, skull and They're bones.
0: Gonna I was just going to say
1: their feeds into the CIA. Okay, now listen. So there's this, and, and when they shot the actual spaceships up there to deliver the satellites. They actually put a cover over the names of their missions. Instead of it being called Corona, they put discover over it. Well, Russia was like, you know what? We don't care. We're going to do our own spying. And they called it the Sputnik space station or space mission. Now they were going to survey on us and, and, and survey us. Uh, I want you to know the Corona project of the CIA eventually became what's called the National Reconnaissance Organization.
0: Boom. That's what I was looking at. The NRO. Look at it, that. it all yep. started
1: with corona and when you look at this idea that they're trying to track everybody with the COVID 19 pandemic i mean right. look this is what they've Tracking been doing since the 50s and 60s but what's funny listen to me listen to me this isn't symbolic or hilarious or ironic we named this pandemic the coronavirus pandemic and we were and we said it we gave it out to the public and the media do you know what Russia said was going to be the solution to this American-named coronavirus pandemic? They Man. released and announced that they were coming out with a vaccine to handle this coronavirus pandemic of the Americans. Guess what they called it? Sputnik. Sputnik 5. Holy shit. I, I just can't tell you enough. It's like they're repeating it again. It's like, what's wrong with you people? And I only thought to look at the CIA because in the last two years during the pandemic, I've learned from people at different events I met who were in Hollywood who left Hollywood because of the satanist crap in Hollywood, and right. then how and then educating me on how the CIA works directly with Hollywood. And so when I saw it on NBC, I was like, "What about CIA and Corona? Oh my God, there's a whole Corona project! I couldn't believe it." You know what else is worse about this Corona project? That's worse for me. In looking at this and the connection to what's going on right now the actual pictures that the corona cameras in this corona project in the 50s and 60s the pictures over russia that we were taking of russia from space with corona satellite and cameras al gore in 1995 wanted to declassify the corona project pictures and he said we're going to use it to prove these pictures over russia in 1995 he went and gathered all the pictures of these Corona cameras and said they were going to use these pictures and compare pictures from now over Russia to convince the world that climate change has been occurring. And this started the whole climate change evidence. They took the Corona pictures from the 50s and 60s from the CIA project and they looked at from space and went like this. Now let's take new pictures and we're going to show you that the oceans are coming over the land and the land is shrinking. And we're going to tell people the ice caps are melting. And then you get this whole this whole climate change. It all started from this Corona Project imagery from Al Gore. I didn't know any of this until I looked at it I into didn't this.
0: know any of that. I, all I can tell you is that the climate change thing was all cooked up through the Club of Rome. That's where Club all, that of was, Rome right.
1: originated the whole thing. That's yeah, right. I, looked that up. I was like, oh my God. And then they must have just got a hold of Al Gore. And we're like, Al Gore, how can we do this? And he's like, oh, we got some spy satellites from the 50s and 60s from the CIA. Let's go gather those and see if they look any different over the last 40 years. And then we'll convince the world that oceans are rising from the ice caps melting, and then forests are dying, deserts are expanding, and we're going to convince the world of climate
0: change. And they're also going to say humanity itself is the enemy. That's oh, a direct quote. They're saying it. We're yeah. the enemy.
1: Yeah. And listen, the Corona Project, they use the pictures there to, to actually confirm for the masses climate change is real. Imagine my irony that the COVID-19 pandemic from the beginning was blamed on Because of climate change. Like the Corona pandemic was blamed on climate change. Like really like the bats got upset. Uh, Remember the bats that don't show up in the bodies of people, but snakes and snails and starfish venom. It's just this, and there's just this insane madness around the entire world. And they're throwing in your faces all the time. Uh, It's just this, I'm looking at stuff that other people aren't looking at. And I can't believe y'all are getting upset. It's weird.
0: Well, I'm not upset. I love you for it, man. You're a cowboy going out there and just trying to like tell like this guys. We're just trying to look at this. Everybody just jump on it. How about instead of shouting it down and just moving past it, go do some digging and try to help us out because we're trying to figure this out. I don't know. But this is incredible, like on the occult symbolic level and knowing how these people tick. Is it any coincidence that right before the whole pandemic, there was the massive push with this Extinction Rebellion movement? Have you seen the symbolism of that? It's the X chromosome, for crying out loud. And they're walking around in red cloaks, the Roman cult of Dionysus, the red cloaks with the white faces. You've seen them all over England. You've seen them all over the place doing these big parades. They built up Greta Thunberg, the little braided girl, just like the Nazis used, just like all the others used, the symbol that they use of the innocents coming out to tell the old people that they're, they're wrong in their ways. And lecture everybody. And what were they trying to do with climate change, which I think started to fall apart? They were trying to use that as the excuse to formulate a world government system, a world taxation model, which they were basically trying to convince everybody, hey, guys, uh, the world's going to end in 10 years unless you take the Green New Deal and all that stuff. And the only way out is if you give the government tax money. And that was a scam of the ages. It started getting destroyed by all kinds of scientists and real thinkers. A uh, good friend of mine, Ralph Ellis, wrote a scientific paper, I think it was back in 2016, where they talk about dust albedo uh, being one of the elements that's showing the spikes in this warming and all that has nothing to do with your, you know, us breathing. And then what about the symbolic nature of them telling you to cover your breathing holes with these masks? Well, they're telling you as a human being in the climate cult that you're breathing out too much CO2 into the atmosphere and all the cows farting and your SUVs, are all heating up the ionosphere and the planet. And that's why we have to do all this stuff to, you know, and that was their whole excuse was there's too many humans breathing on the planet. They're going to destroy nature. And what does it say on the Georgia Guidestones in 10 different languages carved in stone for crying out loud? I mean, it, people might sit back and go, guys, you're just drawing conclusions here. And maybe some of it is, but I just think there's too many things here that point to, a, I think we can all agree this is a very nefarious agenda. Whether people want to believe it's bats, it's a no-virus theory, and it's all smoke and mirrors, or they just reappropriated the flu or whatever. In fact, Dr. Artis, what do you think about that, about the uh, the flu and the reporting? Is, there, is that just a result of scientific fraud? Do you have another explanation for the fact that the flu vanished? Because they're all saying, well, the flu vanished because we masked everybody and sanitized everything and socially distanced.
1: No, the CDC actually told every single hospital in the country in March of 2020. They bribed them, and they said, we have the documents. Go to Renz-Law.com. You can see them. Thomas Renz couldn't believe this when he uncovered it, or somebody gave it to him. The CDC was bribing every hospital around the country starting March 2020 and said, if you find someone test positive for the flu, negative for pneumonia, and they also negatively PCR test for COVID-19. We'll give you 20% more for the flu diagnosis if you'll just write them down as a positive COVID-19 case. And not the flu. So the financial
0: incentive was there for that and also for the deaths, right? To record a COVID death, you would get more money in the hospital?
1: Everybody had the flu. The hospitals were getting bribed with a 20% bonus payment just to diagnose them as COVID-19. Even, so it went like this. If they test positive for the flu, negative for pneumonia, negative for COVID. If you'll just, this is what they said. If you'll just look at their intake form, this is what the CDC said, the company you trust with water. They said, if you look at their intake form and look at the city they live in, the patient, and if you've heard in the media that there's been any positive cases in their city, you can write them down as a positive COVID 19 case, not the flu, and we'll give you 20% more than the flu diagnosis. And if they test positive, sorry, if they test negative for the flu, positive for pneumonia, negative for COVID-19, and you just go look at their intake form. and If there's any known cases in the city they're from, if you'll just write them down as a positive COVID-19 case, then we'll give you extra, the 20% extra than the pneumonia diagnosis. They were bribing them the whole time to not write down the flu, even if they tested positive for the flu. The flu didn't disappear. They were were testing for it, but the hospitals were being bribed by the CDC to give you a COVID-19 diagnosis. And then they gave them a $9,000 paycheck per person. For every person who died and the hospital wrote down cause of death was COVID-19, no matter why they died, even if it was cancer, pneumonia, whatever, as long as you would write down COVID-19, every hospital got a $9,000 paycheck per person with COVID 19, died of COVID 19 death certificate every single month for every person they gave that de- designation to. It was $9,000 a person. This is why people were writing wow. down oh, it wasn't just for hospitals, they gave it to coroners. If a coroner went to an mm-hmm. accident and they saw that somebody got ran over by a bus, which really did happen, they were being told to PCR test the person. And if they found they were positive for COVID 19, if they just wrote down cause of death, and then secondary got ran over by a bus. Then they got nine. They got nine thousand dollars.
0: Oh my god! Asher's talking about this—the corruption in the hospitals and how they do it, right? Yeah,
1: they've been. Do branded. you want to know? Uh.
0: Do you want to know what the name of the Knights of Malta was? You know, the guys that are progenitors of the Club of Rome. You want to know what their name was before they were called the Knights of Malta? Yeah, I want to know. The Knights Hospitallers. No.
1: Nice I didn't make hospital. it up
0: the nice hospitalers and that word hospital is also the root word for hotel and hostel. And these guys were the, you know, the poor Knights of Christ, the whole thing there to set up the hospitals in the middle in the, in Jerusalem during the crusades and do all that. But they found that they could make a profit off of death and disease. And they, they were also apothecary. They were the most elite apothecaries that were hired by the Kings and Queens and popes to come and deal with the medicine. And they used, they were the first creators in the Mediv- in those crusades to craft biological weapons. And what do you think one of their main ingredients would have been? Stay. I think you've cracked it. Yep. Hey, you. it's just interesting to me, guys. Come on. This is just insane. Look, Dr. Artis, I got one more question for you. I'll let you go. And if you got anything else you want to tell people, please do. But my question had to do with a viral video of you. I think it was 2020 or 2021 where you were talking about the reporting centers in the, in the US, because everybody was focusing on VAERS, the VAERS database that were recording these instances. I don't even know what they're up to now. Um, I know about the, the study that was showing that they're grossly underreporting all vaccine injuries and deaths. But you said there were more than one reporting systems in the US. Could you speak about that and VAERS and, and the vaccine injuries and deaths and where you think they're actually at right now?
1: Yeah, so great question. So there is a organization and a compilation database for the Department of Health and Human Services. It's abbreviated VAERS, VAERS, you hear it all the time, but it's Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. There's also a secondary portal, I think it's called Wonder, it is at the CDC. So there's like a an overflow from the information at the Department of Health and Human Services going over to the CDC. This is where voluntarily reported injuries from doctors, parents, individuals, where they can report their own vaccine in- injuries, or the ones the doctors have recognized and want to report. Uh, in 2010, Harvard did a study and reviewed the VAERS reporting system for three years. The CDC worked to provide with them all the data on the vaccine injuries for a three-year period. 2010, they published the results. The results were, they found, less than 1% all vaccine injuries are reported to VAERS in the entire country, less than one percent. And they reached back out to the CDC and said, "We need to improve this system so we know what's working and not working, and then you know take which vaccines are injuring people and remove it." The CDC had assigned to Harvard, to Harvard. We're talking about Harvard. CDC had a time uh, had assigned to Harvard the whole time a consultant from the CDC to work with them. When Harvard reached out and said, "We would like to start." helping you improve the reporting system to make it more automated because of the reasons that people were saying they weren't using it, the doctors. The doctors' main complaints were around the country was, they didn't even know what VAERS was when Harvard interviewed them. They didn't even know it existed. The second most common answer was, that's dual reporting. Doctors have to write down in their notes what happened, and then they would have to go sit at a computer and write it into VAERS. They didn't want to do that twice. It interrupts the flow of their clinic experience is what they said so harvard was like we need to improve this system cdc we would like your approval and continue to help to do that and the cdc retracted their consultant help and never ever worked with them again six months harvard reached out to the cdc to get their help to approve them to allow them to create an automated system and they didn't even try they no longer after six months of the harvard not getting any more help from the cdc that's when they published their findings well There were some videos that went very viral last June. Uh, Thomas Renz who's a great friend of mine and my own personal attorney. uh, He he was at an event with me and he goes, I'm about to blow up the world. And what he didn't know was that I learned was that the actual FDA said that they weren't going to be looking at VAERS to track injuries and then let the media and the world know if these vaccines were working or not for COVID-19 in October of 2020. They held a meeting and I have all the meeting notes. It's 25 pages. They didn't pick VAERS to look at the safety profile of these vaccines. They actually highlighted that they're gonna use CMS.gov, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Okay. The difference is CMS.gov, which is a reporting system. There's like 11 or 12 different reporting systems for vaccine injuries. I don't, I don't know what they all are, but VAERS is the most popularly known. CMS.gov is probably the most reliable because it's not voluntary. Doctors have to report to Medicare, the injuries they see in their patients, or they can go to prison for medical fraud. So I actually Thomas Renz didn't know this. He had no idea that the FDA had selected that organization and some whistleblowers from the CMS had come forward to him that they could access the data. So I went to him and I was like, Thomas, i found this thing i didn't even i mean I, I knew about the document but i didn't realize they selected cms and i said look use your whistleblowers to go find this stuff and one of the big viral announcements were that in cms.gov's but uh, uh, database when they ran it against what the fda said they were going to be looking for themselves and reporting on every week when the shots finally rolled out which they never have uh, we actually found that there was it was fifty-five thousand people had died just in the Medicare age range, and it was fifty-five thousand in the first seven days after the second Pfizer shot uh, in the whole country. Wow, that was way more than what was reported in VAERS. just from And that's
0: one. Room. That's one reporting. That was
1: just one. So when people reviewed that data, they actually said this number could be off by a factor of forty-one. Like multiply that number times forty one, you'll get a more accurate number. Most people believe right now that it's half a million have died in this country just from the vaccines alone. That that's just like, in
0: the U.S. Just in the U.S. Shit. Yeah,
1: five hundred thousand is what they estimate off of these databases, and it's disgusting. If the CDC has allowed for hospitals to call flu and pneumonia positive cases, and those people never tested for COVID, and they allowed them to call them COVID-19 cases, if you can't trust those numbers of cases and deaths, because they incentivized hospitals to lie, if you can't trust those numbers, how can you possibly trust the same CDC and our federal government when you hear all these people say in the media, like medical doctors, they'll go, they'll go like this, um, There's no way that people are dying at this rate. This is normal because uh, the actual death rates year by year didn't really change much in the year 2020 and 2021. How do you know that? You're getting the same numbers from the government that's lying to you. What if more people are actually dying than they're telling you? What did we just learn? That one America, the, the huge life insurance company, they said just a few months ago that for the year 2021 from January through the third quarter. They saw an increase of 40%, a 40% increase in deaths in the 18-year-olds to 64-year-olds. It's the largest increase they've ever seen in history since they've been around in the 1800s. They said it's the working class who are dying from anything non-COVID. It's like they're dying from diabetes, heart attacks, and But no one's reporting on this, but the life insurance companies that are expected to pay out for this stuff are like sounding the alarm that we've never seen this many people die in that working age group, that same group that started getting vaccinated in January of 2020. So they were sounding the alarm and I don't trust anything the government's telling you. You know, they're killing you and they're not reporting the real numbers. I mean, how many people have really died? You don't know. I have no idea. I wouldn't trust them to tell you. I'm sure it's way more than we're being told.
0: That's incredible. Wow. There's a whole show just on that stuff. And for anybody that's still out there that has these leftover feelings that they should be trusting the government blindly, just go read a book called Death by Government by R.J. Rummel, and he will help correct that false assumption. Um, Dr. Artis, it's been a true pleasure and mind-blowing experience to have this conversation with you. You've got my wheels turning. Um, you're welcome back anytime for updates. In fact, I want to talk to you off air, possibly about setting something up with David Martin, cause I want to pick his brain about this stuff. This is huge. This is huge. I want,
1: um, I want to say something to you Go I ahead. Love for you to go dig into that CIA Corona project. That's
0: on my computer right now. I'm going go so to it
1: go it. dig into it because I want you to visualize something. The moment I realized that the CIA created something called the Corona project and it was a, it was a, satellite surveillance system from the sky, I cannot tell you. It, it has changed my view of this entire COVID virus crap. You want to know why? Every time you see a computer model of the virus, you know, it's got those little red spikes on it. I want you to look at it in the future. It actually, when they always show it, it's spinning like the earth, and it looks like satellites beaming down images to the earth. Every coronavirus mm-hmm. image you see, it looks like the it looks like the Earth with these satellites that are calling spike proteins. And they're like beaming down to the Earth. It looks like a worldwide surveillance system. It's the weirdest thing. Like, what if it really is? They just made this up. Like, they're all computer images. No one's ever seen one. They just make computer models and show you. It looks like the Earth. It looks like satellites sitting up in space, beaming down what used to be the CIA corona project.
0: It's that's incredible, man. I'm going to look into it. And actually, as you just said that this theory actually brings a middle ground for the people that were saying, this is a virus, a respiratory virus. And the people were like, yeah, but they never isolated the virus. Viruses don't exist. You know, there's the virus, you know, and I'm like, there's these two polarizing opinions, even within this sort of awake group or truth community, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, this actually, makes you guys friends again. Don't you realize if you know what you're
1: looking at? Have you even looked into, there's a Washington, there's a Wall Street Journal article, February of 2020, at the very beginning of the pandemic. And the World Health Organization, the CDC, the federal health agencies here, and in Asia, they're all trying to come up with what they want to call this pandemic. And the title of the article is, the naming of the pandemic is significant. This It's something like that. And Ben Zimmerman wrote it at the Wall Street Journal and it talks about the latin terminology for the word virus in one of the first paragraphs i did not know this it says that the historical definition for the word virus in latin is actually historically venom and when i saw that i was like <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute Oh my God!" all of a sudden God, i started right. thinking what what if it's really true that they've just been using venom particles and calling it HIV and the flu. and I mean, what if? What if all that crap was made up? What if? I'm going to tell you right now that most cancers in the world right now are actually parasitic egg sacs. They're not actually tumors. There's a reason why Big Pharma hates me. Ivermectin cures cancers. You want to know why? Most of them are parasites. But when you're trained as an oncologist in med school, they say, look under the slide, and you know what this is when you see it? That's a tumor cell. Stage one, stage two, stage four. Okay, great. And then they show you another one. That's what cancer looks like. The truth is, is if a parasitologist looks at that, they go like this. That's not cancer. That's a parasitic egg sacs. It's actually from a nematode, a roundworm parasite Parasite laid eggs. And if you just use ivermectin to kill it, it just goes away. You don't need chemotherapy. You don't need surgery. You don't need radiation. And it's, it's just this weird thing that you only see what you are been told to see. This is what's very hard about me saying, look at snake venom. It's so far out there because you've all been conditioned to look at a virus. And it might be true. Maybe there is a virus and they've attached these spike proteins. Yeah, I I really don't know. I really think they're not doing that. (laughs) They they actually found 36 venoms from animals in Italy, in your poop, blood, and urine. It didn't actually say anything about a virus. It found a whole bunch of venom peptides.
0: Who knows? Maybe. Well, this is there's three sort of adages that pop into my head. And the first one is condemnation before investigation is the height of ignorance. Okay. The second one would be all truth goes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. And third, it's accepted as self-evident. And then, you know, the third one comes from the great late Jordan Maxwell, who sadly just passed away, who taught us a lot about the Vatican and the history of all of this stuff where he said, you're only as good as your information. If your information is crap, then you're not very uh, effective in life, are you? So I just want to leave that with people to think for yourself, we're not, I'm not here to present this information to say anything declarative or to recruit you into it. I'm just, I'm curious, I hope you're curious. And I hope you'll help Dr. Artis and even myself and anybody out there to go and find the truth because there's something here massive behind this. And I've all, we've all felt it intuitively. And, um, I, if you got like 30 seconds or whatever you need, what do you say about that intuitive gut instinct in this? And then also we've, we've sh- shared a lot of scary information. I know you've said to people, this was never your intention to go out there and fear monger and, and sell pills and, and freak everybody out and be sensationalistic. You're just here to save lives. Do you have any good, hopeful, you know, um, motivating things to wrap up with, to, to leave people with here today, Dr. Artis?
1: Yeah, when it comes up to the SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 pandemic, there have been several things that have been found to actually work against either the virus, as they call it. But it's also been found in research to actually negate and inhibit snake venom poisoning. And it's vitamin C, NAC, glutathione, zinc, hydroxychloroquine, or you don't have to use a drug. You can use quercetin, which is a natural compound they use to make hydroxychloroquine. So you can use quercetin as a supplement. If you'll take take these things daily, the likelihood you're going to develop any side effects of either snake venom poisoning or this virus, they call it, it's not going to happen. You don't have to worry about it. You who are diabetics, you have been warned. They have the ability to take snake venom peptides and marine snail venoms and specifically target you just like the CIA heart attack gun. They found a poison in a shellfish that just stops the heart and nothing else. And it does it in less than three minutes. And it didn't matter where you inject it into the person. It didn't affect their pancreas. It didn't affect their brain. It didn't affect their their lungs. It just stops the heart from beating. That's how impressive and why it's so intriguing to pharmaceutical companies to study so much venom. It's like the animals evolved to target specific organs they've never been able to figure out. So they're just taking advantage of it, of evolution or God's creation. One of the two. It isn't beyond them. The CIA was doing it 50 years ago with a frozen piece of water, shooting it from a gun. Go watch the actual congressional hearing. It's on video. These guys are like, what? Like the Congress? You could shoot. they're like, yeah, it just leaves a little red dot on the person. You don't even know it's there, and the person never even felt it. They just drop dead because we stopped their That's heart.
0: James Bond stuff, right there.
1: It's cooler than James Bond, actually, cooler. But, <laughs>
0: even though it's the, like it's the CIA, it's yeah. you exactly. yeah. anyway,
1: well, right, get off, Doctor.
0: No, please rant away, man. This is great. Look, thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm very interested in anything I can do to help. Um, please go check out, ladies and gentlemen, check out Dr. Artist's site. You also have a show. Don't you do a podcast? The Dr. Artis Show.
1: Yeah, go to the Dr. The dot Show.com. I also have a live one on Wednesday mornings on Brideon.tv and it runs from 9 central to 10 every week. Uh, but I do want to say I hope nobody's actually out there because I've heard this. They're like, oh, my God, he's just trying to sell supplements on my site for real. That's what you think? If I knew I was going to be releasing this stuff, I would have actually manufactured all of the antidotes and then put them on there. About six months ago, seven months ago, I actually created my own vitamin C, D, selenium, zinc, you name it. I just had my own stuff because people were asking for it. And I was just giving all these other people's recommendations and links. I just decided if you're going to come to me, let's see if I can provide it for you. Imagine when Stu Peters is like, hey, man, can you help offset some of the cost of this documentary? I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you have any products by chance in your inventory that would actually work as the antidotes? I never even thought about it. It was like the day before, and I was like, hey, I've got tech people. Of all the list of like 11 antidotes, I actually happen to have four of them. Could you imagine if I didn't offer them as a solution? How crappy that would be. Look for me. Could you imagine I'm telling you there's a problem, but I don't offer any kind of solution? That's weird. That's, I think that's nefarious and evil. I would like to hear anybody on the planet go like this. Do you want to know why Zeb Zelenko treated 10,000 people in his Jewish community and saved their lives with hydroxychloroquine and zinc and then got with Mayor Giuliani to get to Donald Trump? The idea that hydroxychloroquine and zinc works. And he only did that because he wanted to sell his own Z-Stack supplement. I mean, that's what you're doing to me. It's weird. Let it go. Pfizer has been scaring the crap out of all of you to make
0: billions of dollars off of snake venom injections. Yeah. Check out their profit margins. Holy jeez!
1: And you're going to be mad at, you're going to say that my motives are, uh evil or twisted or something
0: no no you have every right look there's this is you're just the mentality mind. out there i deal with it as a podcast you know i have a sponsor and i have subscription-based stuff and everything because this is how i live does anybody go to work for free i mean seriously i'm not saying and this you did so much work you have every right to uh do this and and you know people can choose and the fact that you're telling people right now in vitamin C, D, zinc, all these things. There's numerous supplement companies out there that you can get this stuff from. Go choose your thing. And then again, do your own research. Look into what you've brought out and what these other guys have brought out. I just, a lot of these puzzle pieces are starting to come together in my mind. I'm going to have to like take a break after the show and then go back and watch it again and take notes to try to get it all crystallized. And uh, so I just want to thank you, Dr. Iris, for bringing this out there uh, to say to people, Hey, what if a snake venom? I mean, what happens to this if we look at it and let them go on their natural progression? I don't want to see people saying, I'm not even going to look at it. It's too crazy. Come on. Do you really think it's crazy? Do you, are you trust these people? I wouldn't put anything past these people. They're psychopaths. They're trying to kill us. They're liars. They're criminals. And it's and, up to us to stop it. And we have to save people's lives. And the only thing that can do that is the truth, right?
1: Let me give you one more thing. In the Mike Adams interviews, I went through this. Do you know that they have been able to, researchers have, they take albino rats, a bunch of them, and they take a drug. I don't even know what the drug is. It's in the studies, but I don't know what it is. They take a drug and they inject it into these rats to induce diabetes. Like it literally makes them diabetic like in a day. The other rats, they just leave alone. And then they have these studies where they take sublethal dose of King Cobra venom, and they, sublethal, and they inject it into the healthy rats that they did not make into diabetics. And then they take the same amount of King Cobra venom and they inject it into the diabetic induced with a shot. Rats. Listen to me. They inject the actual Cobra venom into the rats. They made diabetics. And the the healthy rats that they injected the sublethal dose of Cobra venom into, nothing happened to them. Nothing But the rats that they made into diabetics when they gave them the same amount of cobra venom, they went into septic shock, heart attacks, diabetic coma, because they induced them into diabetes. Listen to me, people. I haven't vaccinated one of my kids for 20 years because I know how dangerous they are. When I'm reading these research studies, they know what drugs they can shoot into animals and turn them into a diabetic. How do you know they're not doing that with vaccines? Like in children and adults, how do you know? They know how to do it with animals. What if they've been creating this vaccine agenda to create right now, there's a third of our country that is either pre-diabetic, 75 million, or 35 million already diabetics that are diagnosed. That's 100 million people. And then they're using these venom peptides and then shots. You can read the research studies and, and tell Like the Native Americans, Black and Hispanics, they're targeting hot diabetics, and they know how to make them in a lab in an animal, and then induce with sublethal cobra venom that does nothing to healthy people, and just wrecks the life of the same animal they just made into a diabetic.
0: It's oh my
1: god! It's gross and evil. People are sick.
0: These people are sick. Come on! I
1: I say that because if it's snake venom poisoning, like the way I'm saying it, and people go like this, but. But I survived, and my friend did. Yeah, I know smokers didn't get affected. It's weird. That
0: was weird, wasn't it?
1: That's weird that they're not affected, and there's a nicotine component. And then diabetics are affected more than healthy people. You want to know why? They already know why. They've already proven it over and over and over for decades in research with snake venom. I'm Doctor Arnis. I'm out, people
0: thank you for dr Artis. Uh, thank you everybody i will catch you thank you if anybody donated or anything like that thank you so much i'm going to go through the comments and we'll do this again dr Artis, please come back anytime and sure. uh stick around for at least one minute if you don't mind after and uh, guys i leave it to you what do you think make up your own mind do the research and we'll catch you next time cheers everybody
1: cheers